Hey everyone, I'm Mary Kate and welcome to Women Changing the Game. Join me as I sit down with ambitious, powerful women who are coming off the bench in the sports industry and are changing the game as we know it. Get ready for women in coaching, photography, events, sales, entrepreneurship, and so much more, all in the industry of sports. If you're here to get some amazing advice, stories, and laughs, then stick around. Looking to start your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Changing the Game. I'm so excited to share with you our next guest. She has worked in the NBA with the Detroit Pistons for almost six years. She began as an inside sales executive, moved to account executive for consumer sales, and now she is the manager of corporate partnerships, where she has been for over three years now. Our guest has also held roles in the Department of Events for Michigan State University, Red Frog Events, and the Inn at Bay Harbor. Welcome, Sara Serhain. Thank you. It's great to be here. We're so excited to have you on. I'm really um, excited to get information from you, some advice, you know, have a fun conversation. Um, and it's and it's just great that you've been, you know, in the NBA for six, almost six years now. That's so cool to have come on. It's been, it's been great. And I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, the, I knew I always wanted to work in sports, but the opportunity to work in sports for the team I grew up watching has been a, a a pretty cool thing and, and honestly a big blessing so I'm very lucky yeah that's the best when you get to you know be a part of a team that you've been rooting for your whole life really cool okay we'll have to get into that then for sure. why, don't you, why don't you just start off telling us a little bit about um, your current job right now as manager of corporate partnerships and also kind of what corporate partnerships really is for those um, listening who don't really know what the field is um, or want to get into it Sure. Yeah. So you can think about corporate partnerships as kind of a catch-all when it comes to interacting and doing business with other businesses. So it's a a B2B sale. Um, My role specifically is on the sales side of our business. So number one priority for me is finding new partners, obviously prospecting new business, getting them engaged, and ultimately selling deals. Um, You can think about corporate partnerships really as one of two major revenue drivers for um, all sports organizations, one being ticketing, the other being corporate partnerships. So think anytime you're at a game and you see a brand that isn't the team that you're rooting for, whether it's on a sign or on a concession stand or on their social channels or a part of their community platforms, that kind of encompasses the world of corporate partnerships. the unique thing is while, you know, the world ticket sales is kind of black and white, you know, a seat is what it is. It is what it costs. Um, partnerships is kind of that gray space of um, creativity and unique partnerships. Like not two, not two partnerships are the same. You know, every single person really has a unique partnership um, that's really based on the client's ultimate objectives and their biggest areas of need to support um, their goals as it relates to, you know, whether it's growth or employee engagement, um, community engagement, 
and in many other things. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, how you you mentioned about you know being creative in that space, and you also mentioned that you're specifically in sales. So, well, the side of corporate partnerships that's specifically sales, because there are different sides. If you want to kind of explain the different yeah, sides sure. to corporate partnerships. Every team is structured a little bit differently, but for purposes of the Pistons, and this is a semi-traditional model that most most teams will follow, is you've got your sales team, which is responsible for finding new business, so growing the business year over year. And then you've got your engagement or activation team. It's called a handful of different things depending on the team, but um, essentially their role is to make sure everything that was promised to the partner as a part of the sales negotiation process actually happens. So they receive the contract, they become the number one point person here, and they essentially activate all parts of the partnership contract. Typically, um, they're also responsible for engaging that partnership when it comes to renewals um, and upsell opportunities. So to obviously increase the business with that particular partner. Some teams keep the salesperson involved in the relationship to more or less support the renewal and the upsell process. Um, But here at the Pistons, we actually have it separate. So new business is new business service or activation is entirely responsible for servicing and activating the account and also renewing and upselling. Um, We actually have a third vertical of our team as well. It's our solutions team. Um, So they're kind of the um, middle person that really is the behind the scenes function to the engine. They really support the um, ideation process when it comes to a new business pitch. They'll help us kind of understand what's happening in the league as far as best practices go, um, help us ideate on creative ways that we can engage a partner that isn't so, you know, here's a sign or here's a radio spot or whatever. Um, And then they really work to be that kind of bridge for internal communications too, because a big part about partnerships is the cross collaboration across all departments here. So when we sell a deal, more often than not, it's going to integrate folks from every department in in the company. So think, for example, You know, we partner with Meyer, for example, on our big season of giving initiative. That's a huge CSR program that takes place during the winter months, um, you know, from Thanksgiving through Christmas. And um, that is a big lift when it comes to making all that happen that doesn't just live within our department. It involves our CSR department, community relations. It involves our marketing department, our public relations department. So there's a lot of cross communication collaboration with all of those, which when we're working on the actual partnership proposal and the thoughts that go into what ultimately becomes the deal, the solutions team really works to more or less check with the departments uh, what's possible and get those ideas approved. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of working parts and a lot of working together as a team. That's great. That's all that, that was a lot like to like take in of all the moving parts and you know what you think back to like you go to sporting events and you don't think about all this stuff that goes into the event coming together and the partners and the sponsors and all of that so it's great to hear like the inside background of everything that goes into it now how did you exactly you know what drew you into the sales side of things um you've been there for quite some time so clearly it's a passion of yours and something that you really enjoy when did you really realize that this is meant for me, the sales side? It's such a good question. And one that I really have to give it up to um, mentors in my life. So um, I don't even know if he knows this. I'll maybe have to share this podcast with him. But one of my mentors, when I was in college, I was a senior at Michigan State and I was the like 
teacher assistant for the event management course, I was very interested in going down the road of just like big time events. I thought, you know, oh, how cool would it be to, you know, coordinate the Olympics or these big events. And like, that's always what I thought I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do it in sports and entertainment, but I really was leaning towards the event side. And I remember him telling me, you know, events are great. You can have a great career in events. It's, it's awesome. There's lots that you can do. However, he told me, he said, I think you should consider sales. Just whatever that may mean for you. I don't want you to, you know, be short-sighted in the, in the mentality that events is the only path. Like I would just advise you to think about sales roles as well. And I was like, oh, really never thought about sales. Like I really don't want to sell because when you think about sales without being in it, um, it, it has this kind of misconception of like the used car salesperson, right? Like the dirty sale and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's why I want to see your perspective on right. That. And that was my perspective. You get this perspective, of course. Yeah. Right. So for me, um, I just started kind of looking into what it was all about what the opportunities really were. And I started talking to people that I knew that were in sales positions that had already graduated before me. And um, I just learned that it was much more about the relationship building than it was about um, just getting deals done. Um, you learn quickly, especially once you're in a sales role that ultimately people decide, people don't like to be sold, but they do like to buy things and they like to buy things from people that they like. So if you can find a way to be a person that somebody likes and ultimately provide them with something that they may actually want to buy, it ends up being a pretty easy process um, from that context, right? So for me, I figured, you know what, I'll give the sales thing a go. Um, I didn't, I still didn't really know what that meant. And I didn't really know what sales and sports meant. Um, but I did learn that a great way to get started in a revenue driving role was an inside sales program with any, you know, team across the country. So I actually started identifying cities that I liked and just started applying to teams all over the place. I wasn't, you know, trying to stay in Detroit. It just sort of worked out that way where the Pistons ended up calling me first. And went through the process and started in ticket sales, like I said, and it's been a great journey since, since the beginning. It's, it's taught me a lot about um, being a good communicator, learning how to run a process from start to finish, ultimately being a good relationship builder too. Um, because at the end of the day, like I said, if you can be an expert communicator and an expert relationship builder, you can have big success in sales without it feeling or, or really being um, what the misconception a lot of times is. Yeah. And I feel like it's fun that way. If you like, you know, building relationships, if you like, if you're a good communicator and you like talking to people, you like making friends with people. I feel like that's great. Cause ultimately like you want to make these connections and these friends and not just try to, like you said, sell them things. Nobody wants that. So if you enjoy that, then you're ultimately going to enjoy sales. And I think a lot of people don't get that, that, um, it can be really fun. Right. For sure. And I think a big thing about sales too, especially kind of our culture that we've had here since the beginning is it's competitive, right? I mean, not from the sense that you want to put yourself in a position where you're always thinking about competing with everyone around you, because I don't agree with that. I don't think that that's healthy either. But if you're competing with yourself every day, and at the end of the day, you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're like, did I have my best day today? I mean, you can really get in that kind of athlete mentality in sales. So you'll actually find, I mean, I played sports growing up. A lot of people here played sports growing up, um, but it, it is a similar mentality, just like being a great athlete. 
that ultimately drives success in sales because it is kind of that same, I want to be my best. I'm going to go get after it for myself. Right. Um, and there is that team approach and all that too, but um, you will find that synergy in sports that, especially in sales and sports, that it's a lot of former athletes that just have a competitive side to them too. And I have noticed that. So that's cool to now connect it to that it's competitive. And that's why you see a lot of athletes. Now you said you play sports. What sport did you play? Did you play in college or just high school? I did not play in college. Okay. Definitely didn't play in college. Um, I wanted to do the whole big school thing. And as much as I I liked sports, I, I wouldn't have had a future in like D1. So I was like, uh, we're just gonna. That was my decision <laughs> making. I did play D3, but my decision was like big school or small school and I, play the sport. So what was your sport? <laughs> yeah. So I swam and I played soccer. I was a better swimmer, just like naturally I swam my whole life, but I actually enjoyed soccer more, but I wasn't as good. <laughs> um, so it, it was good. Cause it was, you know, generally opposite seasons and, and it, it worked out so I could kind of do both. Um, but yeah, good times. Do you feel that, um, the individual sport of, although not, it's not necessarily individual, but it's more so individually as swimming. Um, yeah. that, do you feel like that, like drives you now and drives your competitive side more do you feel like the totally. team sport of soccer or yeah it's interesting because as much as sales is there is a focus on a team goal at the end of the day you know especially on the partnership side there are incentives for us reaching our team goal and there are individual incentives too um for me I am a team first kind of person. Like I, I do want to make sure that while my individual success matters, of course it does as it should for everybody. I do feel a sense of fulfillment and, you know, kind of the entire team doing great together and how can we support each other to reach that success across the board. Um, but yes, I mean, I would agree that there is a certain headspace that you have to get into with swimming that I think is pretty unique. And I think track is similar, right? Where it ultimately comes down to your individual performance um, and your individual mindset to, to have success because um, it's the same for team sports too, but it's just a little bit different when you're literally by yourself going down the pool and you've got to do this for you, right? Yeah. So um, there are some synergies there and, and I can um, definitely say that it helps to have had that experience to have the motivation that I do today. Yeah, uh, I feel that way too. And I think a lot of people feel like their sport, whether that was in high school, college, whenever it was when you're younger, carries over into the workforce. And I think that's great. And just knowing that you can take away stuff from that, from your sport and bring it into the workforce is really cool, especially working in sports in general. So um, I want to take it back though, to when you talked about you worked in events before this, and I mentioned that in your intro, um, I want to talk about how events also working in, in that department, how that's carried over to sales. And I think a lot of people get worried that if they're not in their, this specific field, you know, going down the line of titles you have in a specific field, some people get worried that they might not do as well, but I want to talk about switching fields and how that actually has helped you. If, if yeah. it has. <laughs> no, that's a good point. And it definitely has, because especially when you're thinking about the, the partnership sales 
um, process, what you're doing obviously is selling um, more than just, like I said before, seats or something that's transactional. Like this is more often than not a platform that has to be activated through a variety of different means. Sure, hospitality can be a part of it, but there could be big time events that have to get planned from you know, point A to point B to all the way through actually making the event actually happen. So as a seller, it's interesting to have event planning experience because a lot of the deals that I sell have event type um, activations in it, whether it's an activation during a game or a standalone event here at the practice facility or in the community, right? And to have the experience of knowing what it's like to literally, I mean, for example, my days at Red Frog events when I was doing uh, 5Ks and races, like hammering rebar into the grass just to like put the track up and to know how much work that takes to happen. It helps me as a seller because I know how to sell a deal where it still makes sense to actually activate it. Like understanding the lift that comes along with putting on a big event like that is important to understand when you're selling it before it ever happens because the last thing you ever want to do is sell something that um, ultimately is more work than it's worth, right? Um, you want to make sure that the lift is associated with the revenue that you're generating and that, yes, it's okay to have an activation heavy and something that, you know, requires a lot of work to make it happen, but it's got to be worth it on, on the dollar side too. So knowing how much work it takes to pull off big scale or, or you know, big time events um, has, has definitely helped me in just kind of being proactive in my thought process when actually putting a deal together. Yeah. It seems like it kind of worked out perfectly for you then that you had that background going into it. And are you able to um, use your creative side as much in sales? You kind of touched on this, but are you able yeah. to bring that creative? Cause a lot of people also, like we talked on the phone before this, I kind of disassociated sales, you know, with the creative side. And I thought, oh, events is more creative, but um, I'd love for you to talk about how you yeah. stay creative in the space of sales and um corporate partnerships. For sure. And I think, you know, you can get as creative as you want in so many verticals of the sports and entertainment business. I mean, obviously we have marketing people that their job is to just think of great ways to represent the brand. We've got, you know, community relations folks that have to find out how is, what's the best way to engage our, our local community and support them in the ways that they need most. So there are ways to get creative in, in really multiple departments. So when you're thinking specifically corporate partnership sales, I actually think it's one of the most creative jobs that you can have or creative um, mind focused type of role, right? It's something that you, you basically create an entire partnership platform that started from maybe an email intro or a cold call or meeting somebody at a networking event, right? So you think about that process from shaking somebody's hand and saying hello to pulling off a you know seven figure partnership that includes all sorts of in market you know events in market activations things that are um, kind of elevating their brand both in game and maybe at their office or or whatever too so I'll, I'll give you like a specific example there's a um, we have this great community program called basketball for all and a part of that is essentially our commitment to renovate basketball courts and to give out basketballs to kids within the city of Detroit. Um, there's a partnership that I did that um, involved a local insurance company that was really interested in supporting the program, but they wanted to do it in a way that could engage their employees as well. So together we planned this huge inflation event at their facility where it, I think they had 
over 100 employees. We had some 25 folks from our side over there, including um, Old Pistons players and our mascot and all the things where literally the whole purpose of the event was to inflate as many basketballs as possible because the way that we receive the basketballs are deflated. They're in like a huge box and they're all deflated, but you don't want to give a deflated ball to a kid, right? So you've got to at some point inflate them before you give them out. And it's a big job. If you've ever <laughs> thought about inflating thousands of basketballs at a time, it takes a lot of time and a lot of hands. I not thought about this, but. <laughs> right, I know you wouldn't, right? But we executed this amazing event where literally it, the whole plan was for their employees, specifically their employee resource group. So it was under their diversity and inclusion initiative with the, um, with the organization. Um, the goal was to inflate as many basketballs as possible in an hour. And the team that inflated the most got a prize and it was covered obviously socially on our digital channels with a press release too. And it was something that their employees very much appreciated that we very much appreciated because it was a great way to kind of activate and tell the story of our partnership. And then on the flip side, this was all tied into um, a big piece of our basketball for all program is incentivizing kids to make sure they show up for school on count day. If you don't know, count day is a big um, kind of like financial indicator for a school because they receive funding based on kind of attendance on that particular day. So it's important for as many kids to go to school on that day and, and be there, right? Mm -hmm. So the basketballs that we actually inflated at that event, we shipped them over to Detroit Public Schools and everybody who went to school on count day got a ball that was inflated at that event. So when you think about that, I mean, that was something that between me and my team and my partner, we planned together. I mean, it wasn't, when you talk about that program, it's a great program, but to create something from nothing to support something that's already, you know, doing good in the community, it was really fun. And it's something that even today we look back as like, this is a best practice for us to activate this program. And this is a great way to get employee involvement. And it all started from, you know, the relationship that I have with that partner. That's awesome. That sounds like a really, really cool and fun activation. It sounds like you're pretty much like working in events in general. So it's kind of like a combination of sales and events together. And then also even community relations, giving back to the community. That's really great. And I feel like right. it, yeah, it takes, I was just going to say it kind of adds to like, you got to think about partnerships is like telling that brand story, right? And that brand's story is told through a variety of methods, right? So activating and having these events is an important part for a lot of partners. So that is a big piece of partnerships. Obviously, it's not the only piece. There's a lot of, you know, other kind of, you know, media focused, radio, all these other things that go into it too. But when you're thinking about building out the, the full platform that hits on multiple sides of what's important for the partner. Um, yeah, that's absolutely a big piece and, and something that um, I think people can learn. There's a really great avenue to get creative with sales and, and to be um, kind of forward thinking with, with how you do it. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that. I was actually going to ask if you had a favorite activation, would that be one of your favorites? Would that's you definitely up there. That's definitely one of them. Um, I think there's for me too that sounds really like rewarding as well it was it was really cool and it was fun because so 
one of our past players, his name's Rick Mahorn. He was with the Bad Boys team, like legendary, right? He participated in the event um, with our radio broadcast because he does our radio broadcast with Mark Champion, who um, does kind of like our calls, our play-by-plays on the radio broadcast. And they were essentially like calling the competition. They're like, oh, look at team one, you know, they're got yeah. you know, 10 balls more than the next team. And so it was really fun because it felt it felt like a competition and it was great. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. That's exciting. Almost like a game in itself. And so a lot of work clearly goes into, you know, this event, just sales in general. So I think as much as someone loves, you know, their position or their job, we all go through like challenges that we face and, maybe even hardships, but that's what makes things exciting. I feel like for work, if you're in somewhere where you're just stagnant and you're going through the motions, it's probably not a great job to be in. So um, if you could just touch on like a time that maybe you felt challenged working in sales or in general, where you feel the most challenged in your job um, and how do you kind of overcome that? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think you, you teed it up perfect where every, the grass is always greener, right? Like every job has its stuff that it's part of the job, right? I will tell you probably the biggest thing about sales in general, not just in sports, but um, sales in general is learning how to become very, con- I guess, constant and um not riding kind of the highs and lows of what the process can be because you can have a big sale, six-figure deal, seven-figure deal, just crushed it, had an awesome sale. And then you could potentially lose that sale in the contract process just because the negotiations go south or whatever, right? So learning how to be even keeled and just not ride the highs and the lows. And of course, you can be excited when you have good things happen, but don't ride the highs so high that the lows are really low. Um, And that's something that I think just comes with time and learning how to more or less be a master at what you do where um, you just kind of keep moving forward. Like it's part of your job to have success. It's part of your job to get told no a lot. And how do you find a way to just kind of keep moving forward regardless? Um, That paired with what I had talked about a little bit earlier is finding a way to be competitive with yourself and not necessarily everyone around you because it's very easy to see others have a lot of success And then feel bad about yourself because, oh, you know, they sold four club seats and I haven't sold anything in two months or whatever it is, right? Like that is something that emotionally you've got to find a way to um, focus on you and focus on your process. And if you are ultimately doing the best that you can do every day and following the process that, you know, you've either kind of grown to know that it's the way that it works for you or the process that's set by your leadership team, um, you you will have more success if you can just focus on your process, focus on you and not worry what everybody else is doing. Because like I said too, at the end of the day, you should be somebody that wants everyone around you to have success just as much as yourself. And if everybody's having success, that's that's a good thing for the team. That's a good thing for the organization. And ultimately that's a good thing for you if everybody's having success. Yeah. Um, so finding a way to really focus on yourself um, and, and just make that kind of number one. Yeah, I think focus, if everybody focuses on themselves, then ultimately it'll, all the success will come together. And everybody, right. I talk about this all the time on the podcast, like everybody, even if you're in the same department, everyone's on their own journey. They have a different way of um, learning things, a different way of um getting things done. So I think you're right. Focus on yourself is most important and then everything will come together. And I think with this too, um, 
being confident is really important, which I want to touch on a lot and just how you've maintained confidence being in the NBA for, you know, the years that you've been there and being in your role, how do you stay confident in yourself and as yourself, as a, in a woman, as a woman in sports? Yeah, no, it's a good point. Long tide. Yeah, you're good. It's a good point. I mean, it is, um, that is something that I think is probably easier said than done, right? Because sales generally, I mean, there's this kind of general saying of like, you know, you've got to make a hundred calls to get one sale done. Like just kind of the ratio of the effort or output that has to be done to get a yes. Like you're told no so often. We are experts at getting told no. <laughs> but <a> good thing. <laughs> right. However, that can be incredibly difficult to handle like on a personal level when you're talking about confidence. Um, I think you just really have to find a way to have confidence in your process more than your initial results, because as long as your process is, you know, top notch and you've got your stuff together and you're real buttoned up, the, the results will follow. Like that's just kind of how this works is the more output, the more success you have with how you run your business, just in general, from a process standpoint, the results will follow. I mean, I know that sounds so like a blanket statement, but I've done it myself. And that's really what I've always focused on is focus on what you can control, focus on you, do your process right. And eventually things will, will come from that. And I think just really having confidence in, in the way that you carry yourself is so important in sales, because you think about, you know, when you're purchasing something, you are more likely to buy something from somebody who know who feels like, or, or I guess exudes confidence or exudes, um, you know, being an expert at what they're talking to you about. So finding a way to really believe in what you're doing um, is really important. With that being said, I think you have to kind of find your why, right? Um, and have confidence in what that why is. For me, I really do believe in the power of sports and what game day can do for, you know, just an individual coming to a game and having that game day experience. I have a lot of memories, like I said, growing up watching and going to games that um, are special memories to me, right? So both for kind of like the ticket holder experience and then the partnership experience for a brand, being able to interact with fans that are having those moments that they may remember forever, right? Um, I really do believe in what sports can do um, across a variety of different verticals. Like I said, from the experience standpoint, from the community standpoint, like you've got to find a way to really buy into what you're doing and um, lead with that because that's genuine. If you really do believe in it, your confidence will follow because you're being honest and genuine with what you actually believe. So that is, that's what I would say about that. And I think just in general with confidence, um, it's important to kind of take a step back and like, look at your success too. Like I even have to do that for myself. People have to remind me like, you know, you're just like it. sit back and look at it. Right. And you know, cause I, I am hard on myself, right? Like I am somebody that I want to be as great as I can be. Um, but just kind of like taking a second and, and taking it all in and that event, for example, kind of just like stepping back and be like, wow, this event happened and this event happened because of me and obviously my team and everybody else that went into doing this, but, you know, having confidence in the fact that really great things can happen because of your efforts 
um, and remembering that as you go is, is important. So, yeah. And even just finding joy in like the small things that you accomplish every day, even just the little things you accomplish every day. I think that's really important to, cause I'm hard on myself too. And I'm like, I need to be, you know, the right. next thing. And you just keep hard on yourself, moving on to the next thing and not taking a step back and looking at what did you accomplish today? Or what did you accomplish in the week? Or, you know, the past couple of years, I think that's something that a lot of us can work on and that'll bring out our confidence more. Now, I want to go back to you talking about the the moments that you say people have coming to sporting events. And in the beginning, you mentioned that you grew up, you know, watching the Pistons and now you're working with them. So, you know, was that your team? How do you feel now working with them? Did you know you were going to work with them or did it just, Oh my happen? gosh, I would have never <laughs> thought. <laughs> you would have never thought it just happened. Yeah. I would have never thought I didn't even know what it like I said growing up like I mean truth be told I actually thought I wanted to be a physical therapist like I that's the sports avenue I thought I would go down I like, thought I um, wanted to be an athletic trainer that's same, the same thing and then once I realized you had to like go and get a PhD and like it was kind of a tough road <laughs> tough road I was like maybe I'll just get a business degree but um no it ended up working out but um no, did I think I was going to work for the Pistons? Totally not. I mean, like I said, I was fortunate to, to kind of grow up in a time when they were having success. So of course they were my team. Um, I think they were everybody's team at that time, right? From like the 04 championship, they, they had dominance kind of in that time frame. But um, for me, I mean, I think it is, it's lucky to be here where I am. Like it's something that um, I'm, I'm fortunate. It's, but I will say that you don't have to work at home or for your home team to have success or passion for the team that you're working for, right? I've seen a lot of my friends that have started here and gone elsewhere or worked elsewhere and have come here that really have just had success in, in roles that are in team or with teams or in markets that they have no affiliation with. But at the end of the day, I just want it to be clear that you don't have to be a fan of the team to be, a, be good at your job. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's it's lucky because I can genuinely talk about those moments growing up and all the, you know, the history that comes along with that. And, and that is very much a part of kind of like the way I can connect and interact with people. Um, but it's not necessary to, to have success, um, whether it's sales or, or really any vertical of our business. Yeah, I found that way when I um, did an internship with the Jets. I was not um, a huge Jets fan, but I ended up, you know, being a part of the team and being a part of the game days, you actually end up being a huge fan of them and sure. caring for them and then having these moments um, working for the team. So I don't think that matters at all. And I think you become just as much as of a fan when you start to work for them and, um, you know, start to be a part of the culture. So I agree with totally. that hundred percent. Um, now, what are your, we talked about, you know, being grateful for what you've accomplished, but what, what do you want to accomplish now down the road? And what are those big dreams that you say that you want to like keep working hard towards? That's a great question. And it's interesting because the advice I'll normally give to people is, you know, have big goals and go after them, but be flexible to what the journey provides, right? I think a lot of times people think, oh, I've got to get to this point by this age or make this benchmark happen at this point, whatever, right? I think that life kind of does 
for, you know, a pun like throws curve balls, right? And like things like change and you never know like what ultimately is the right way to get to where you want to go. For me, I would love to be in a position where I'm like a C-level executive, ideally, ideally a chief revenue officer, because I do really love the revenue side of our business. I obviously started on the ticket sales side and have been on the partnership side. So I have a pretty good understanding of the two main drivers of revenue in the sports world. Um, so for me, that's like big scale, um, pie in the sky, like what I would love to do down the road. Now the journey to get there, the reason why I'm saying that is I think an interesting one, because there's lots of ways that you can achieve something like that. Um, and then I think the other part of this is while that's my big goal, I wouldn't be opposed to something that's similar that ultimately puts me in a position to be a strategic leader and have a team of people that kind of report to me that I can kind of, you know, lead and guide um, that way too. So, you know, if it's not CRO and it's, you know, SVP of the core partnerships department, you know, that's great too. Um, because I think either way, it's a really great opportunity to obviously have a big piece of the organization that ultimately the, the success of that piece is determined by your leadership and <laughs> how you do that, um, which is exciting. And I think a big challenge that I would love to have at some point. Um, but it's also okay too, to, to kind of follow the opportunities that get presented to you. Because I think what's interesting, especially in sports is it's a really small community as much as it's a, it feels like a really big industry. It's actually um, uniquely small that a lot of people kind of know each other at different teams and different markets that, you know, I may think a certain path makes sense for me as the next step, but because of a relationship I have, it might make sense to try something else because you know, I trust that person. And, and that's like a really great next step for, for me that um, ultimately gets me to that, you know, bigger picture opportunity down the road. So um, it's a long winded answer, but no, I appreciate you taking the time to explain that because I agree with it. I think it's good to have goals, but then also to look at it at the side that you're saying is it's okay to take opportunities that may not be the goals that you've had for so long. Right. And I think that's kind of, you know, from what we've talked about and what from knowledge I've gained from you, it's kind of just, you know, your journey has worked out how it's supposed to work out. You know, you getting the piston jobs without that being like a goal or a plan, it just kind of worked out how it was supposed to. And right. I think that that will probably continue to happen. Um, you might have this goal for yourself, but maybe another opportunity that would be better for you will come up and, um, you, you wouldn't know it at the time. And then it just ends up being better. Those types of things happen. So I think it's important to look at that side of things as well. So yeah, that was a great answer actually. Um, and then I just want to ask you just one final piece of advice that you have for women in working in sports in general, or the younger generation wanting to work in sports. Um, you know, what do you have advice for them of wanting to enter the industry? That's a, it's a good question. I feel like it's a hard one to answer because there's so many piece of pieces of advice that I think make sense to know. But I think the biggest one that I will say is like, you can kind of manifest what you want, right? If you want to work in sports, you're going to find a way to do it. You've got to learn to obviously get in the door in some way, but have a focus on um, really what matters to you. Um, I will say that 
you know, for example, for me, I knew I was interested in something that was revenue based, um, that was interactive with people and whatnot. So obviously the ticket sales route made sense for me. But if you're interested in, in basketball operations, don't think that you have to go to ticket sales to get into that, like be very focused on like the vertical of the business that you're actually interested in. And then just find a way to break through whether that's you know, interacting with people that, you know, through LinkedIn or connections that you have in relationships that are almost, you know, this person knows this person who knows this person to find kind of that connection. Um, in a way, it is important to have those relationships to, to, to find a way to break through, but it's not necessary either. Like I, I didn't know anybody here when I started. I just, um, ultimately got the call when I did and it worked out for me. So it's not necessary to have um, that inside relationship, but I think it ultimately comes down to what are you doing today to put yourself in a position to be considered? Um, I know obviously you've had these great internships and you're doing this podcast and like all those things, like you've manifested all that, right? Like you've done that. There's lots of ways for you to gain experience that is relevant, um, that maybe isn't exactly the same exact thing that you're looking for, but puts you in a position to be more considered than somebody else who maybe hasn't put that kind of direct effort on um, putting themselves in a better position to be considered, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think kind of like to wrap that all up, just be you, like don't be genuinely you and go after what you want um, in all contexts of what that means. Because at the end of the day, if your goal, like I said, is basketball ops versus revenue versus marketing versus whatever, go chase what that is and, and be really genuine about what that is, because that's going to come off so much better than you saying, you know, oh, I really I want to get into basketball operations, but I'm trying out. I want to go after inside sales just to find a way in. Like chances are you're not even going to have success in that role because you're not genuinely interested in that role. Like go chase what you want and put yourself in a position to be considered for what that is. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Just work hard and, you know, do you whatever your passion is. Don't try to fake it. Yeah. Think, yeah. If you fake it, you're just, you're not even going to enjoy what you do. And you're probably not going right. to get to where you want. Because when you enjoy what you do, you make those genuine connections. Like, you know, if you're working in an internship you love, you're going to be talking, you're going to want to talk to the people who are, you know, around you. And then that's just going to get you further. But if you're just doing it to, you know, move up, you're not going to be making those good connections or right. have, having that passion um, that you ultimately need to have. Yeah. And I think on that too, I'll add that, you know, put yourself in a position to be uncomfortable, right? That sometimes puts you in a position to have bigger success. So for me, inside sales, I mean, full disclosure, that's not like the dream job by any means. Like that's a hundred outbound calls a day. You're getting hung up on, like it's, it's not easy. <laughs> and chances are you can probably go make more money doing something else um, just simply because of how things work, right? Obviously there's great opportunity to earn money in the sports industry. But when you're starting out, it's, it's kind of humble beginnings, like not even going to sugarcoat it. Right. But for me, I mean, that was something that was a little bit of an uncomfortable decision because I had opportunity to work in a job that was a little bit significantly better pay, um, but it had nothing to do with sports. It was a, an entirely different industry. But for me, I think 
taking that opportunity to be a little bit uncomfortable from like a pay perspective of what I could have gotten um, and doing something that, you know, like I said previously, wasn't exactly what I thought I would do on the event side. It was strictly sales focused. Like it, it was an uncomfortable decision to make, um, especially because I had to move back in with my parents because it made a little bit more sense from making ends meet, which I am always forever thankful for the opportunity to do that. But um, but I think it's an interesting um, opportunity to put yourself in a position where, you know, it's not the most comfortable decision to make. You end up learning and growing a lot when you, when you put yourself in a position like that. Yeah. And in a position where you're challenging yourself, um, I think that's great because it's going to get you to where you are. If you have these challenges, if everything's easy, then it's probably going to crash on you at some point, (laughs) but that was really great advice. Um, I'm so glad you got to share um, all your stories about corporate partnerships and being in sales. And I think you gave great insight onto what the industry and this specific field is really like. And I think you're going to, you know, get a lot of people to come into sales because, um, if people have, you know, a certain outlook, I think hearing your perspective is really great and that you can be creative and that, um, it's been really such a great journey for you. So thank you again. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah, it has. And we will see you next time on Women Changing the Game. Thank you everyone.